Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> hello, 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 everyone. Caleb Patterson, Midwest Welcome People, P Real Talk in the house. And this, yes, this program is sponsored by P for P Muscle, the number one drug free sponsorship foundation in all of the world. And if you are a drug free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on, and a vehicle to drive your girls like what does it rhyme? Like a Mack truck through ice cream. Mmm. Sounds tasty. <laughs> With some snickerdoodle sprinkles and some chocolate whey puffs. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> chocolate. 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 Anyway. Yes. Check us chocolate out at p4pmuscle.com, and now let's chit-chat with the banter. Hello, Desiree, how you doing? Hello. You know, I'm good. I'm good. I've got, I think I've got a little tickle in my throat, but other than that, I'm oh. good. I just might need a little water. I just might need a little water, and that's about that. Well, I'll let you get that water as I break down what this show is all about. So go get that water. All right. I'm, and, I'm uh, take care I'll get of it. This All right. Well, everybody, I got a a weird message when when actually a couple of days ago, and it's something I started looking into, and it was talking about diets, and I was which is something we're familiar with. Yeah, any competitor that's uh, truly wanting to compete and look their best is going to be very serious about their diet and looking into everything that's going to help it help make it happen. And one of the things they were concerned about initially was about the tilapia because they thought a lot of it was coming from overseas, but much of it is grown in this country, uh, farm-fed, farm-raised. So it's, you know, it's mass-produced in the United States. And I thought I had finished the conversation and everything was understood, but then there was another comment about you know, the rice that was coming in from China. And I was thinking, well, you know, how hard could that be? And then we started talking about the the Fukushima uh, radiated uh, food stuffs and uh, food, uh, shellfish, uh, fish that are caught in anything that's coming from that area. And then they brought up uh, about the country of origin and the laws that are being passed to basically exclude that information so they they can sell their product uh, to the un, unknowing, and that's a big concern. Um, I'll tag that along with what's going on in China with the coronavirus, and it's a very serious health issue. But the fact that you know you have people that are basically coming to work sick, and breathing, and coughing, and spreading germs, just like anyone else that comes to work sick here, and with people that are basically at a caloric deficit, their bodies are at a higher risk of uh, sickness and diseases and, you know, complications from it. <clears throat> and I, you know, it kind of sets off an alarm because it's kind of going under the radar with the seriousness of it. I mean, I know I don't, I don't want anybody fear mind. I'm sure not trying to do that, but there is the understanding that sickness is sickness, and if you get sick when you're at a caloric deficit, you become a higher risk of uh, basically getting it and also uh, sharing it with the people that you're around. 
So this is something I hadn't really thought was a bodybuilding issue, but when you think about it, if it's talking about natural health, then yes, it's a very serious. And I was very, uh, I, I would have to say I was very shocked with the country of origin law and the seriousness of basically just sending it through, understanding that you are putting people at risk if the regulations and the health concerns aren't being addressed at the country of origin, then how can you intend to ensure someone's health in a country that does have the regulations if you're basically admitting it by letting it come into the country? So, Des, I I know this is something that uh, I hadn't uh, relayed to you in, in depth, but I know you said you were going to do some research and see if any of this is holding water, if it's just basically nothing to be concerned about. Well, you know, I don't know that I can really answer that question because, um, you know, when you look at when you look at the coronavirus um, or any illness from that matter from a country of origin law perspective when it comes to food, nobody's really talking about it. I mean, it's one of those issues where either it hasn't really raised a ton of red flags or the news is just doing a good job of not talking about it because we all know that's kind of how it goes. They talk about what they want, things that they feel like they need to report on or should report on but don't really talk about get buried on the fifth page of the newspaper in really small print. And, you know, you have things like Miley Cyrus twerking, um, captivating headlines on every front page around the world for months. (laughs) So, you know, I get a little jaded with the news about that. And then you throw in Trump and impeachment and all the things that are going there in the election. And it is not... A surprise to me that something of this nature isn't on the front pages along with everything else, but, you know, you bring up a really good point, especially since, um, you know, the coronavirus is one of those viruses uh, labeled by the CDC um, that is transmitted between animals and people. So, Um, I think they call it a zoonotic. So coronaviruses are are a zoonotic, meaning that they are transmitted between animals and people. And and they have been talking about this a little bit, about markets being shut down and this and that, and stock markets plummeting. But this whole, you know, country of origin little snafu, it's not really being incorporated into the stories. So it's definitely something to think about because you are correct when you are, um, you know, calorie depleted and you are not nourishing your body to the extent where it is used to being nourished so it can fight off infections and disease, then you are a little more at risk at, con- you know, contracting certain things than you otherwise might be. Um And while the coronavirus is running rampant around the world and it has made its way to the United States, um, it's not as prevalent anywhere in the United States as it is in other countries. And there are some that, um, you know, are having a harder time with it than others, um, like Italy, Iran, South Korea. Things are starting to loosen up a little bit in China, but, you know, still a lot of concern in a lot of places. No doubt. And, you know, New York, New York has just released that they might have their first case 
And again, let's keep this in perspective. It's first case in addition to hundreds of cases in other places around the world. Uh, the one thing I wanted to add to that is uh, because of the, the similarity between the flu and coronavirus, any time when you have the threat level the way it is, they have to provide that information. So it's basically sometimes put under speculation. I don't want people to think that they're just constantly throwing out this to scare people, but they do have to take it seriously because, you know, I think if anybody in Desert High age range can remember the AIDS virus, AIDS virus, where they weren't, didn't feel like it was a big threat and it was considered just a gay disease. And then the, the, the calamity that fell upon all that were, you know, dealing with this. And it, it was hitting so widespread because they just didn't take the seriousness of how big it could have been. So now basically we're seeing the aftershock of that. And so everything is considered high risk until it's addressed in its full nature. And, and any time you have a new disease, it does spread quickly. And, you know, this is something that really kind of blew my mind is that something as simple as washing your hands eliminates yeah. so many risks. And, and, and still yeah. people say, you know, I'm too busy to wash my hands. And I, I find that uh, it would be funny if it wasn't so risky for everyone around you. You just have to be more considered and concerned about your own health to basically to ensure the better health of others. Yep. And you know what, I'm glad you bring the hand washing up because, you know, right now I also know that, and I don't know the full details, but I'm talking in, in summation here that, you know, uh, Trump has been under attack. I don't know if he still has because he hadn't approved an inordinate amount of funding to develop, um, you know, treatment for the coronavirus. And usually anytime there's a major epidemic, you know, we, we are clamoring for vaccines, and I get it, but even since, you know, the dark ages where plagues were running rampant when there wasn't good sanitation, the minute that people learned that were able to have running water, learned about sanitation, learned about hand washing, you know, the number of people dying from plagues and chronic diseases of that nature was immediately almost cut in half, if not even more than that, simply because of sanitation. And then the vaccines came in and helped to clean up more of that. But as Kaylin is saying, good hygiene lowers the risk of these types of things from being spread so significantly that everyone should just be practicing it. You know, you go to the bathroom, wash your hands, yes. especially in public places. It's that simple. If you did nothing else, that would have a major impact on those around you when it comes to instances like this or really passing cold, flu, all of that stuff. I mean, in Iowa alone, you know, over 2,000 people have died from the flu, and I'm not even going to get into the number or percentage of those that actually were vaccinated for it because anyone knows that when you get a flu shot, it's for the last strain, the former strain that they were able to develop a vaccine from. So any mutation we're not protected from, especially the elderly. And so right now the flu has been far more detrimental to American health than the coronavirus. Yes. And, and sadly it's, it's mutating even before the flu season is finished. So that's, yeah. 
something that uh, is being downplayed, and, and, and understandably so, considering that we've been taught to fear so much in this nation that any little thing basically sends panic. And I, I can't recall where anxiety is at the level that it's at and the prescription drugs that are basically medicating people back to sanity instead of uh, better health options. But that being aside, I'm very, it seems remarkable that we would set so many valid regulations in place to ensure the health, safety, and welfare of the nation only to basically punch a major loophole with not, having the same regulations put on the food that's coming into this country and then basically omitting uh, lawsuits and, and health risks by doing not, by not having to have the country of origin where this stuff is coming from. So basically we don't even have to check or, or, or regulate what's coming in, which is frightening. And unless I'm reading this incorrectly, it's, uh, it, it's, it's something to be seriously concerned about when I, I think the Made in the USA logo meant so much back in the day, I think it would mean even more now if we're holding ourselves up to these standards because I've, I've seen some of the, the the information that's out that where basically the FDA is more corrupted than some of the countries that are sending some of the things to it. So there's a lot of things that we should be more civically minded to, to basically start engaging our, our nation in and our, our policies and our laws because they're so lax that they're almost non-existent laws by nature because of everything being stripped from them. And then you have the fact that the FDA is at its all-time lowest as far as employees should be a major concern. And, and now I think one of the things that I read before we came on air live is that we're going back to the the companies regulating themselves. And I know that's not going to work because if you can set the standard and, and bully the uh, employees, uh, safety risks uh, increase exponentially. That's- you know, without a doubt, and I'm going to kind of take us from a, in a little bit different direction here, but it's still related because Please one of the questions, one of the questions that I had when, um, the coronavirus broke out is what in the heck is going on in China? Because it seems like several of these major infectious disease outbreaks that we've had in recent years have originated in China. And I'm like, what on earth? And I think I may have found my answer. Anyway, it's food for thought. It's something to consider, you know, but here, here, this paragraph um, from nature and so I'm I'm going to assume it's valid, but who knows, because I haven't done any extensive fact-checking. But it says, and this is recent, I believe, just within the last week or so, China's top lawmaking body is expected to permanently tighten rules on trading wildlife in the wake of the coronavirus outbreak, which is thought to have originated in a wild animal market in Wuhan. So basically what it's saying is because um, wild animals, or I guess the eating of wild animals, is is big money, and it's a big market in China. And so they're speculating that it was a wild animal that someone brought in 
or had contact with for food purposes is what was at the crux of the coronavirus. So they're also saying that, um, you know, another wild animal was linked to the SARS outbreak in 2002. Oh, wow. So the national government in China temporarily suspended the buying and selling of wild animal products, which are commonly used for food, fur, and in traditional medicines in China, but the emergency measure will be lifted once the outbreak ends. So China is expecting the outbreak to end. So next Monday, so whether that was this Monday or the Monday of next week, I'm not sure, the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress, the country's highest decision-making body, will meet to decide how the trade in wildlife products should be regulated in the long term. So now after like the second or third outbreak here, Um, Oh, and it also says, and eating wild meat is thought to have been a source of the Ebola virus in Africa. But it's Mm -hmm. taken three major outbreaks now and thousands of people dying before somebody stood up and said, hey, there's a trend. We should do something about this, even though they have long suspected that eating of wild meat, okay, so it's not regulated like pork and cows and poultry, but we know we've had swine flu and all these other things that have rolled out of China too. Um, So contaminated meat here is the issue and they're just now going to have a conversation to decide what they're going to do about it. And and that in and of itself seems kind of flawed to me, but anyway, I guess food for thought, pun pun intended folks, uh, about what's at the heart of coronavirus here. It's a lot going on and, and, you know, like I said, even I, like when I first got the message, I was like, you know, that, that wouldn't be a topic. For me, it was like it, it had nothing to do with, uh, you know, upcoming shows and this, that, whatever. But if you look at the bigger picture, it, it, it is a bigger picture. It's a much bigger picture. And there should be more more serious dialogue going on about it. And when you consider, like I'm talking about with the country of origin, that. That's past here. Regardless of what's going on overseas, we're still willing to, because of our our, our lack or our ignorance to no say, doubt, no doubt. This, I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, how many instances do we have to have with a, a given country when it's related to food stuff, meat in particular? And before we tighten up our end, so China's working on tightening up their end, but the U.S. isn't doing a whole lot to tighten up their end of the deal either. I mean, yeah, they've uh, closed down tradeways, but how long is that going to last? It always opens back up until the next epidemic hits. And we're getting too many epidemics to where it becomes even more so here because the thing about, like we're just talking about the flu, where it mutates. And if we're constantly involving other atmospheres, because you don't know what what causes mutation, you just know that it does. I know some of the most uh, crazy places are the the hospitals where mutation is just insane, and that's why they keep them so cold is to basically keep them it, 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 it keep them down. So it, it's I mean I really it, it's it's so crazy that. You know, we're at risk, but we're put even more at risk because we're 
basically the corruption is rampant, and there's so many holes in our laws that are supposed to be saving our lives, not putting them at risk. And, you know, it, this also stems to, you know, when we're talking about health care, because there, there's, there's too much going on and so much money involved for people to basically be going broke because of an outside epidemic making its way to these shores. And when you have, you know, if, if we, we choose to be at a caloric deficit, but there's people that are living every day at a caloric deficit, and they're not competing. They're basically trying to survive. So how at risk are they? And I know people say, well, you know, they'd be probably be better off dead, but we have some very sick-minded individuals that don't really care about human life like, like I was raised up, raised up to have a concern for and to see the lack of empathy and the lack of compassion that's going on right now where, you know, it seems to be like kill them all because they're not like me or, or they're not a part of what I consider the American standard. It's just amazing how much morals are pushed away before we start saying, hey, this could happen to me. If they're at risk, I'm at risk too. And, you know, it doesn't take much to spread and mutate a germ because it wants to live just like you do. So if we're not hitting it off the path, if we're not, not, you know, basically addressing this now, it's going to hit us. And I I remember, like, like I said, if we go back to the AIDS epidemic and people were saying, well, it's only for the gay people, so good. And I was just amazed because I said, some of those gay people, you're going to know. You're going to care about them. You're going to love. And they, their lives are not worth saving. And then when it started becoming the aunt and the uncle and the close relative and the one you love most because of a blood transfusion, now suddenly it's so major. And I, now I need your thoughts and prayers. And please pray for me, for my, you know, my family member. Why does it have to be your family member before this stuff is so serious? that now you want to do something, because for you it's now too late. Why does it have to be too late for anybody? Let's, let's you know, address these things. And, you know, if it takes us being more civically engaged to basically protect our own health, to protect the health of others, then I say I'm all for it. What about you, Dad? You know, it's that's kind of a loaded gun, but people, you got to be educated, and that's for sure. And I seem kind of wishy-washy, but Slippery slopes are kind of scary to me, but I am all about protecting health. And, uh, and part of that is, is just being educated. So, and you know, it's funny because we have friends here locally and I just saw a post on Facebook today. Um, the, the mom in the family, she's from Italy and actually she was just there. And evidently since she's come back, she's had people that they know that are close friends to them that they consider are also maybe members of their family that don't want to be around them because they're so afraid that they've yes. got corona or that they've been exposed to the coronavirus. And I just find that so incredibly interesting. She's like, we're healthy. We're fine. We have no symptoms, you know, and here they are. But I guess, you know, you never know if symptoms can be delayed. Maybe it's the fear of not yes. knowing how long this thing incubates and all of that stuff. So, again, 
mm-hmm. knowledge is power, but they're they're kind of being shunned because of the fear that's being perpetuated. So let's talk about yeah. this a little bit. So you you can Google it. You've got it. We're going to talk about some stuff just on a very high level here, but I've got some uh, basic Q&A that uh, the New York Times put out, so I thought I would roll through this um, just do. to share a little more knowledge. So what is a coronavirus? Um, as I said, it was a zootopic. Um, that's from the CDC website, but it is a novel virus named for the crown-like spikes that protrude from its surface. The coronavirus can infect both animals and people. CDC says that, you know, it's passed between animals to humans and can cause a range of respiratory illnesses from the common cold to more dangerous conditions like severe acute respiratory syndrome or SARS. So you have that there. Um, How worried should I be? New outbreaks in Asia, Europe, and the Middle East are renewing fears of a global pandemic. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warned this week that Americans should brace for the likelihood that the virus will spread to the United States. I guess I'm kind of under the impression that, you know, there's possible instances already in the United States. People are being quarantined. Um, So I guess we'll continue to watch the news for that. How do I keep myself and others safe? Kaylin hit it on the head. Washing your hands frequently is the most important thing you can do, along with staying at home when you're sick. Yes, please, do not tough it out. If you have PTO or sick days, use them. Don't come to work and infect the whole office, especially in the winter. People always think it's the cold in the winter that makes you sick. It's not. It's sitting in recirculated air for hours on end because everything is closed up. It's cold outside. We're not opening any windows for fresh air. And so we're just breathing each other's, you know, used air. (laughs) If you want to call it that. So that's what gets people sick. So stay at home. Stay at home if you can. What if I'm traveling The CDC has warned older and at-risk travelers to avoid Japan, Italy, and Iran. The agency also has advised against all non-essential travel to South Korea and China. How can I prepare for a possible outbreak? Keep a 30-day supply of essential medicines. Get a flu shot. Okay, yeah, because flu shots are so effective. So let's tell people to do that. Have household items on hand. Have a support system in place for elderly family members. So let's see how to prepare for the coronavirus. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to see here what they consider essential medicine. So washing your hands is there. Uh, scrub your hands for about 20 seconds. Okay, got it. Dry them well. Germ management. Coronavirus infections are transmitted in the same way as many other respiratory viruses, through coughing or sneezing. It's housed in the lungs. Um, If an outbreak occurs, the trademark of coronavirus outbreaks abroad are those ubiquitous face masks. And I've seen people here in the States, if they're going to Canada, wherever they're going, even within the States, they're carrying face masks with them. So they're saying, Mm -hmm. have a supply. (laughs) of household essentials, including the face masks, like laundry detergent, so you can wash your clothes, options, or often uh, antibacterial soaps, so on and so forth. So I guess no magic there as to having essential 
um, uh, healthcare items in your house. It's all the basic stuff. It's all about cleanliness, folks. You know, keeping soaps, detergents, being able to wash stuff. You, you want to do that. Uh, where has the virus spread? The virus, which originated in Wuhan, China, has sickened more than 80,000 people in at least 33 countries, including Italy, Iran, and South Korea. How contagious is the virus? According to preliminary research, it seems moderately infectious, similar to SARS, and is probably transmitted through sneezes, coughs, and contaminated surfaces. So they don't even know for sure, but probably it's transmitted by, you know, breathing and spitting on each other. Scientists have estimated that each infected person could spread it to somewhere between 1.5 and 3.5 people without effective containment measures. Who is working to contain the virus? World Health Organization's officials have been working with officials in China where growth has slowed. But this week, as confirmed cases spiked on two continents, experts warned that the world was not ready for a major outbreak. Well, how can you be ready for a major outbreak if you've never seen it before? Uh, That's the question that I have. And there you have it, folks. There's your down and dirty on the coronavirus. And if you're wondering what SARS was, it stands for um, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. That's SARS. Wow. Not, not to be confused with SARMs. <laughs> not to be confused with SARMs, no. But also deadly. Yeah. But no, it's SARS. Yes. Yes. So the concern is real. It's very valid. Uh, I, I'm sitting there trying to look about the country of origin law and why it, it, you know, I do know that it was due to basically Japan trying to sell uh, their irradiated fish and shellfish to South Korea. That's where it started. And then they started basically lobbying to make sure that the United States, one of the best uh, importers of those uh, goods, wouldn't have the same opportunity to do the same thing that South Korea had done. Um, It was considered worth risking which said, which is sad, and with the you know the concern over the Fukushima, how it's basically been just like I said, just passed under the bridge, uh, and it's not really considered a threat. I know that to be you know that to be false, because if you're talking about radiation, anything, then uh, your risk to your health is is put at risk. I guess the best way to say it. But now one of the side, you know, one of the, the side effects of it, if we want to say that, is that you can also buy from China with no uh, care or concern because there's a law that ensures that they can still get into this country. So, you know, if, if we, we know plenty of people that work because they basically used all their time off up, taking those sunny days, don't want to go to work, just not wanting to get out of bed. And now that they are on their last hours or whatever, that now that they have to go to work, you know, no matter what, which is sad because it puts us all at risk. But we had that same thing here, so you know it's even doubled 
because the population in China has doubled. So, you know, we have to really be more concerned about if we're going to be an isolationist kind of thinking, then it should encompass our laws as well. And I'm just amazed that we don't have people speaking up on our behalf but actually being lobbied to care less. I'm not saying they're they're careless. They're just caring less about us and more about their pockets. So this is something that, uh, like I said, get more civically engaged where you can have an understanding of the laws that are being passed and be more concerned about the health and welfare of the children if we don't really have a concern for ourselves because if the, the children are dying out and the elderly are dying out, then that only leaves the people for the here and now. And at some point we're going to become the elderly and we'll be dying out too. So you don't want to have just basically a void of information and knowledge where you don't even share your own culture or anything else. And I know that's a little off the rail, but it's still something to consider when we're talking about the future of this nation. And there you have it. Um, So for the little bit that I know about coronavirus, um, you know, that's really all that I have to say about it, though. The country of origin law, that intrigues me. That's something I'm going to have to learn more about. But uh, in the meantime, you know, I'm going to continue to do the things that promote, you know, good health. Even at a even at a caloric deficit, there are things that you can do to still protect your immune system. So like the hand washing, um, you know, be sure to clean your cooking services. If you are not feeling well, stay home. You can um, bulk up on your vitamin C, probiotics, work on your gut health, all of these things to, um, you know, build up your body and its immune capacity. So if for some reason coronavirus does make it into your neighborhood, and I'm not even so sure that it will. Really, I, you know, maybe I'm I'm a little too nonchalant about this, but, um, you know, I don't have, I don't have that that fearful mentality about this virus at this stage of the game, I guess, Um, whether that's right or wrong. It's just how I feel about it. But there are precautions that you can take in your everyday life that should just be part of healthy living that will help your body react more positively when it's faced with, you know, exposure to flu, coronavirus, whatever else is around us in our environment. Good point. Well, what, I, what I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not trying to uh, cause the, the the scare that we've been seeing, but you know, knowledge is power, and if if you are more aware of what's going on, you can address it in in a way that that is going to be helpful and healthy, instead of panicking and and basically running and buying up every store trying to find out something that's going to keep you clean, uh, keep you from getting sick. Um, Take, you know, wash your hands. I mean, one one thing we've been doing at the gym is, you know, the the sanitary wipes we always use. And I've also been going, you know, when and during the dead times at the gym and spraying everything down with Lysol. You know, it's it's little simple things, but hey, they make a difference. And it's 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 simple, but it's not stupid. It's good to put you know put the people at, at ease. And I know we've been running to. Uh, hand sanitizer and 
and and hand soap. So I'm thankful for that because you know I I don't know any gym that's a successful gym with keeping the sickness down that wants to keep their soap dispensers filled by nobody using it. I want them to be empty every night if possible. If we, if we have to basically spend as much as money as possible to keep the hand soap filled, then I'm willing to do it even if it's out of my own pocket because it's saving me at the end of the day. So, you know, be more vigilant in, in what you're doing and, and be more concerned about your health so you can be more concerned about others. Because if you're basically burning the candle at both ends, you're already at risk. And if you're not, there you have watching, it. Yeah, you, you're, you're That's just a uh, getting good rest. Yeah. Yeah, getting good there rest go. is also, also great for building your immune system, as well as with the weather starting to turn and spring around the corner, we've had some more mild days and definitely longer days, more sunshine. So get outside, get some fresh air, get some vitamin D, get your morning sun, as Dr. Peter. Chihonsky would say, if you listen to our light diet podcast, you would know what I'm talking about. And uh, thanks for the reminder on that, Corey. Um, But, you know, just nature. God gave us nature. Use it to your advantage. And I guess on top of that, I don't know, Caleb, I feel like it's time for a snickerdoodle shout out. Hey, it is, because I know that could fight the coronavirus real good. Oh, my goodness. All right, folks. So on behalf of hand washers everywhere, you know what? Do keep your eye on the information that's out there regarding coronavirus. But don't, you know, don't let fear dictate how you're going to respond. But make smart choices and make educated choices. Um, So on behalf of people out there making educated choices, Kaylin, myself, and the boys from P4P Muscle, your body is a temple. So let's build it.